0: when she came as an attendee to a retreat in Vail, just a few miles down the road. And so it was after that time, she and her husband had been serving in Italy, and I'm sure she's gonna tell you more about that, but they were needing to re-enter into the States for a time of service, and it was a hard re-entry for her. And so as she was being accustomed to being in the U.S. when she had never lived in the U.S. before for, Um, as a permanent residence, Um, we invited her to start traveling with us on retreats. Debbie has a love for color and helping you understand which color enhances your natural features. And so she has traveled with us all around the world. In fact, I didn't look up the number, but I know it's in the mid-20s, 25-some retreats she has traveled with us around the world. And so she is full of adventure. She is the one who's going to push the edges of the box and go have fun. She also is a woman who has a deep, deep heart for the Lord and for prayer. So many of you know about our 30 days of prayer. I mentioned it earlier. Debbie is usually the one that authors that for us. And because of her experience on the field, both as an MK and then as a missionary herself with her husband, she helps the Christian community understand your lives by the way that we pray for you. It is my delight to introduce Debbie Suits. Would you welcome her with me?
1: Well, I think I might have just lost my audience because now you're gonna say, oh, am I dressed in my right color or what? (laughs) But at least my folder's in the right color, my pants are in the right color. So hopefully um, I will get your attention once more. Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we come before you wanting to be willing to listen. Help us if we're not. May we be still. May we remember to breathe in, take a deep breath, say we're here, we're available. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 111, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. I'll thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly women. That's my paraphrase, sorry. I am so excited to meet all of you. And I so look forward to engaging with parts of your journey and you, and inviting you to engage with parts of my journey. You know, so it's exciting to meet other godly people, right? Godly women. I mean, that's what you are, right? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, you're missionaries. <laughs> you see, I know, I know that in, in, in all probability, there are times that you don't feel exactly godly, much less act exactly godly, at least all the time. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You see, I grew up as a TCK in Naples, Italy from the age of four to the age of 18 and then my husband and I and my kids served in Madrid, Spain for 16 years. So now I'm a missionary with a twist. Not to be mistaken with twisted, although <laughs> somebody <laughs> that could be up for interpretation. Um, just a little bit out of the ordinary. I, my family and I, live currently in Denver, um, here in Colorado, but we continue to serve overseas, doing different um, ministry trips. And my husband and I continue to serve with World Venture. Seriously, seriously. You are all godly because of his grace, because of his grace. Thank you, Joy, for those songs. Amazing. And we're going to be unpacking a little bit that whole concept of how do I embrace and live in the reality of what grace means. And you know what, each one of you are the group that I am the most comfortable with. When I was asked to speak, besides being absolutely petrified, I said, you know what? If there's a group that I feel like my heart just goes out and wants to join your work and your passion and your struggles, you're my sisters. You know, I was thinking that coming up here to Beaver Creek in this amazing place is a little bit like family reunions that maybe you hear about, you know, that go to those ranches in Colorado that are way too expensive that you probably aren't part of that family, but you've heard of families that are. (laughs) Well, you know what? This is that reunion and you are invited here. And although not all of you are from Europe, in fact, very few of you are. As I've had the privilege of traveling around with Thrive, I've had the privilege of going to some of your countries and engaging with women that are serving there with the same type of hearts that you are. And one of my greatest joys and passions has been to sit down, have coffee. Coffee is very important. I never turn down <laughs> coffee. And listen to each other's hearts and have the opportunity to pray with them using the scripture as a base. And as the author of the 30 Days of Prayer, like Lori mentioned, it's been an amazing opportunity to have a platform to share with people that are not overseas what some of our issues are. Not that you have any issues, but what my issues are. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one too. And you know what, as I've traveled, I have found that we have some common themes. No matter whether you're in Asia, you're in South America, or you're in Europe, or in India. And some of those issues have been, how do I take care of my parents, my mom and dad? How do I find a balance between life and work? Notice my preference, life comes first. (laughs) That's Italian. Transitions and maintaining spiritual vitality—the real issues. Lori has mentioned that thrives, passion, and calling is to come alongside each of each of you and, and encourage your spirits. You know that's a huge and daunting task not because of who you guys and your issues are because I don't even know what they are yet but this Holy Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit that is not ludicrous it is actually possible and you know what I not only thoroughly enjoy life but i love a great bargain <laughs> and When I go after a bargain and I live life, sometimes I get myself into some interesting scenarios. And that's exactly what happened when I was um, in Thailand in between retreats. And um, as staff members, you know, we're on and, and we're connected and you're focused. And then when you're off, I play. Other people, you know, like to be alone. Well, during the time that I was working in my room doing color and whatnot, I would see outside on the balcony and I would see these parasailers. And man, did it ever look relaxing? (laughs) You know, and I thought, I want to check into that. Yeah. So, During our time off, I grabbed a couple of our volunteers and we went down because there was a volunteer that had told me about her experience in Mexico that was so relaxing. They put her on a boat and they let her out, you know, and then they reeled her back in and she just made it sound just so awesome. And I thought, okay, sure, the price was right, you know. So when I saw them outside of the balcony, my perception was it was (laughs) real, it was gonna be really relaxing. kind of like maybe you thought going to the mission field was. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, slightly adventurous, yeah, right? But yeah, I I could do that. So we went down to the beach and we bargained for the price. It was a good price, kind of like you go into the field. I mean, shoot, I mean, you had to ask for money to get there, but I mean, it's a good bargain. You did get some prayer support out of it, right? And I was given some instructions. sort of, because my friend had told me, and I I just uh, believed her. This man comes up to me, and he puts the straps on me. One word to describe that. Awkward. (laughs) No joke. We're on the beach, and I have a parachute behind me, and I've got the straps on. He's finally out of my way, and I'm waiting for the boat to come in so I can get in the boat so they can let me out so that my... Experience onto the mission field or up into this relaxing scenario what's was going to happen. No. He says to me, he says, okay. He says, now, lady, you start running.
0: <laughs> and I said, what do
1: you mean I start running? I don't run. Much less do I run in the sand towards waves coming at me. So I, you know, tried to lope out. And before I knew it, Doggone it! I was so stinking high in the air. There were miniatures down there. And I go, oh, my gosh. And <laughs> I was so tense. Because there were no instructions of what to do. When all of a sudden, literally, seriously, I hear a voice on top of me. I have a man on my shoulders that I had been unaware of. <laughs> and he says, he says, lady, he says, you let go, you fly like a bird. And I said, me no let go, me no bird. <laughs> oh God, may thank the Lord it was a short, you know, circuit around. <clears throat> You're on the field and it's not what you expected. And sometimes you are just <laughs> petrified. And you are holding on for all you are worth in every muscle in your body is holding on tight. And then you figure, I've got to get out of here somehow. I have to get down. So I was thinking, I need to get down. Well, the problem with getting down is that there are people on the beach with their, with their umbrellas, right? So this, the guy, the man I didn't know was there, helps me navigate over the umbrellas. That's me, mwa, you know, coming down over the umbrellas. The owner is going to catch me. (laughs) This is not a pretty sight, okay? (laughs) And it's it's even less of a pretty sight when you see this man's eyes as big as saucers as he sees sees me coming towards him. (laughs) He does catch me, and I do survive, and my friends were laughing hysterically. And I was laughing so hard. Well, you don't need to know what happened. <laughs> Except I, I still have the straps on that my friends put on <laughs> the next time around. <laughs> I, I seriously don't know what your landing has been like. I know some of you, like I just talked to somebody, just flew in last night from Mozambique. What does your landing look like? flying back in to the United States after being out of the country. Possibly, it's been traumatizing. Possibly, it's been smooth. But regardless, once I landed, I had the need to process and regain my footing. regardless of whether you've landed or you're going with a different parasailing company, which would be a wise thing to do, (laughs) to go back out for your second, third term, fourth term. Or you're coming back in, and you're going to be transitioning into another ministry and possibly not returning overseas. Or perhaps you're looking at retirement transitions. Regardless of where you are in your journey, it would be our honor and privilege to come alongside you in these next few days. And my desire is to invite you to slow down. Remember to take a deep breath. You don't have your kiddos here with you. You don't have your husbands. You don't have your families. You don't have your responsibilities. Let it go. Look around this absolutely drop-dead gorgeous scenario. My prayer is that you'll sense his presence and that you'll listen to whatever he has to say to you. I've found that prayer is my best bargain ever. It gives me hope, and I pray that it gives you hope, that you can ask him for things that you long for but don't yet experience. Maybe you even believe them, but you don't experience. Or you have experienced them, but you yearn for more. There's just something nagging that you want more of him. And we can find those things. We can ask him for those things, and he will give them to us if they are in accordance and in the word of God. Romans twelve twelve says, constantly rejoice in hope. And I say, yeah, right, constantly. Give me a break. Sorry, I'm a pragmatist, so I'm a bit sarcastic. If it's not in my reality, I have no qualms about discussing it with him. Constantly rejoice in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Be steadfast and patient in distress. Devoted to prayer. Constantly seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. So there's those three requests, okay? Constantly rejoice and hope. Be steadfast and patient in distress devoted to prayer. Now, it's curious that devoted to prayer comes after being steadfast and patient in distress. It's not before. You would think that prayer would remove the distress, right? But the order's not that way. They seem to go side by side. Now, I dare say that you all all believe in prayer. And you've prayed, and it's been effective to whatever degree. So not much of what I'm going to be sharing in the next few days is going to be new. But prayer was important to Jesus and the apostles and certainly to Paul. And so we're going to spend some time together looking at prayer and reminding ourselves of what a lifeline it is to God. For some of you, it's like breathing. Hmm. And for others, it's like, oh, yeah, huh? breathe. We're going to be looking at a couple of Paul's prayers that you're familiar with. No big surprise there. But I trust that we will interact with them in some creative and brutally honest ways. And actually spend some time praying them and floating around them and soaking in them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give this time to you these next few days and this evening. And we ask, Father God, that you would give each of us a renewed sense of hope, a renewed strength to be able to be steadfast and patient in distress, whatever that may look like. And I pray that we would have time to connect with you and have significant conversations with you and with each other. In Jesus' name, amen.